Pelotero Pickle episode 91. We're doing it for the culture today, podcasting through COVID. We talk MLB stealing a pickle name, Tommy Fan Slaps, Jock Peterson, and a bunch of college baseball stuff. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode 91. I'm here with Chris Calabello. My name is Bobby Tewksbury. Before we get started, send us your questions via email, pickle at pelotero.com, or hit us up on Twitter at Pelotero Pickle. Uh, we also have an event we're doing in Georgia, June 22nd, 23rd in Norcross, Georgia at Boomers Baseball Academy. It's going to be really fun. Myself, Chris, Casey Smith, Jason Ferber. We're going to be doing hitting assessments, strength assessments, uh, just a lot of instruction. It's going to be awesome. we got just some of the best people in the world at hitting, in my opinion, and we're excited. There's some tournaments that are going to be in the area around that time. So if you're heading to Georgia, if you're in Georgia, if you want to drive or fly into Georgia, we will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get right into the show here as soon as Chris is done muted off the side, which is fine. Chris, how are you doing today? Hello, Robert. It's a, it's a crazy day. Just what, was just going, what was just going on? You were super distracted. I don't even right know. There. No, no, no. I don't even know. It's uh, The NCAA committee is weird. The world is oh, there's, weird. There's stuff going on. So some personal news. My entire family has COVID at the moment, which is good because I won't have it in Georgia in a couple weeks. Um, round two for me. Symptoms are all the same. We're all fine. Uh, it's fairly miserable, but fine. Nice head, cold, body aches, things of that nature. Can't think. Sweating a lot right now, too, probably because I have a hoodie on and it's 90 degrees out. But that might have something to do with it. Yeah. I was really cold earlier, and now I'm really hot, so I'm just I'm a mess. I, uh, uh, we got a whole yeah. bunch of stuff, like sports-wise. Uh, we had the college baseball was active this weekend. College softball were all the Super Regionals. There's a lot. Um, I'm going to be in OKC. I should be fine and cleared by then. Uh, but Friday with Alliance Softball, going to be hanging out with uh, Jamie and Kevin Davidson from Baseball Cloud and Eugene Bleeker and doing a little event there. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, I love watching. College Softball is a great product. Fantastic product for TV. Uh, I enjoy the game. I think it's really fun. It, oh, I'll call it a fun, a different variation of the diamond sport, but it's it's all the same rules, but it's a different game. So it's fun, and I enjoy it. Um, some uh, a lot of upsets in that world, like a yeah. lot, like out of the top top eight teams that were ranked or top sixteen teams, a lot of them are not going. The, so the uh, the SEC tournament's kind of a just. It's a, it's a massive Royal Rumble. So I never expect that one to go the way that you think it's going to go um, in a lot of ways. I think just – I think Tennessee was such a cut above everybody else that – You're talking about baseball? Yeah. You uh, like, transition. I was going softball. No, no, no. And just, I'm going to go to baseball first. Yeah, that's fine. But then – Tennessee is so good. They're but so then, But then if you go to softball, like I was looking for the usual suspects, and I think the only team really – that was probably like super above everybody else was Oklahoma. They're so good. And it's because they bash softballs. So it's weird because I think there's just more parity across the board in both sports. 
that I was going somewhere with all of it, just FYI. Um, and it's good. I think it's good for the game. I think the the mid major conferences, like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of kind of what happens in basketball. I think the mid majors are starting to represent well. Um, and I think it'd be cool to see a mid major win a national championship at some point. That's that'll be the kind of icing on the cake. Um, yeah, well, was it? I forget if it was last year. I forget with all the COVID stuff. Odyssey Alexander with James Madison made the huge run, and they made it all the way to the finals round. And, and Oklahoma had to finish. beat them twice. Had to beat them twice. Yeah. Yeah, but when you that that was one of the most most epic runs a team has ever made as a mid major. Um, I think how much do you think player development and like just weight room, where typically the blue blood type prospects go to the blue blood blue blood type programs like historically they get all the top tier athletes there's i think more parity in terms of athleticism now because everybody's in the weight room and everybody's getting after it yeah i think there's and i wanted to have uh i wanted to have uh one john murphy on our show this week as a uh former acc and uh um what's the league holy cross the patriot league coach uh he would have been really good to talk about this stuff with because we've had conversations quite a bit about how to gain a competitive advantage in recruiting. And from an, from an athletic standpoint, you're generally going to get those, you know, on the baseball side, those perfect game, top, whatever athletes, top 200, whatever per class are going to go to the power fives, but there's so much development that can be done while you're in school. So, to me, so much of it is about identifying talented players who maybe lack some of that physical development and really the character and desire and the traits that represent kids who are going to want to try to get better while they're there. Uh, it's funny, I was talking to a Power 5 player the other day. Um, I won't name the school and I won't name the player. And it's, it's somebody that I didn't even really know until recently. And... He told me that in, in three years, he felt he feels like he hasn't gotten better at all at college, and he's disappointed in that because he's the type of kid who wants to learn and wants to grind. And it, it's scary because I think the Power Fives get so caught up in the rat race of recruiting that they're all trying to outbid each other for players or outdo each other for players, and and what ends up happening is they lose sight of the fact that you can really truly develop athletes to be better, especially in baseball where the athleticism isn't necessarily the key measurable, I think, that defines winning and losing. Um, you know, for example, I watched Michigan play in the in the Big Ten championship game, right? And they were short on pitching coming down to the end. The guy that started the game was throwing 76 or something like that, or 82 or whatever it was. And you're sitting there going, like, these schools tell you they only want to recruit guys that throw – you know, 90 and up, <laughs> and then you got a kid throwing 80 on championship Sunday. At the Conference championship, championship game, game, yeah. And so it's funny because, like, winning can come in all different shapes and sizes, and I think somebody said this to me a few years back. If you look at, if you look at your school's deficiencies as weaknesses, they'll be that. But if you look at your school and you, you say, okay, this is what we do really well, then you can attract – a really high level kid like if you're a high academic institution you should use that as a as a benefit right and 
And then it's a matter of getting the right type of players and then creating the right culture. It's, it's a growth mindset. It's a culture where players learn how to become accountable for themselves. And that's what's really, really important. And the other aspect of it is the, the transfer portal right now. It's circus. Just absurd what is happening from a transfer standpoint. But there's also 24 and 25 year olds playing college baseball, which is unheard of. So, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird time right now between if you've got a red shirt and then the COVID season, their career is getting stretched quite a bit. Yeah. It's a heck of a different, <laughs> uh, different perspective, you know? Yep. All right, let's jump into the show. First topic, <clears throat> we've been hijacked. Uh, MLB stole a pickle. Uh, they they took the, to the the word pickle. So uh, Wordle is it a, a, a fun game that people play on their phones. I've never played. Uh, I was telling Patrick pre-show, I only have two words muted from my entire Twitter experience. The first one is Kardashian. The second one is Wordle because everybody was posting their Wordle scores. And I was it's a good first it. one. I like that. Yeah, because if you don't like something, just like whenever people say like oh, Twitter's a dumpster fire, just mute people. I, I don't give people the satisfaction of a block, but a mute, highly, highly recommend a mute because right. it just doesn't show up. It just does like you curate your own audience on social media. So well, I think that's part of the it, problem with the world about that, yourself. Yeah. yeah. Part of the problem with the world right now is we see and hear everything instead of just opt out. Like you can opt out of seeing and hearing stuff. Like if like in high school, you didn't like sit with people you didn't like. And like if people were talking about, I love how you, you did that. Care about. You just used like seven times in a sentence to describe it. Like in high school, like you don't like sit with like the people that you don't like. That's perfect. Did I do that? That was a, yeah, that was great. Great. So Wordle, Major League Baseball made a version of it called War Wardle, which is a play on wins above replacement, and they just changed it to MLB Pickle. So MLB, we see you, we're tracking you, we're aware of the situation. Yeah, we know what's happening. We're not going to do anything about it. Zero. Not one thing, because you know what? Nobody owns the word pickle. Yeah, just like nobody owns the pickles in my fridge. Do I? Do I own them? Well, there's a brand associated with that, but they, like we're not MLB pickle, we're Pelotero pickle. So yeah, maybe we'll get more. Maybe we'll get more. We should have bought the viewership. domain name MLB pickle because they got it. I wonder. I wonder if that was available until recently. I think I think domain name purchasing is Hijacking. a fun thing. Yeah, it's fun. But so imagine I, being uh, the person who bought all the domain names though. Early on. That used to be a that used to be a, like a, a domain squatting is a thing. People, people, there's a whole deal about people waiting for domains to expire, and then they buy them immediately, and then they hold the person hostage and they charge them a bunch of money to get it to get it back. Uh, do you remember a couple of years ago the um, the San Diego Padres? They changed their Twitter handle to Madres for Mother's Day, and then some kids snagged it. They snagged Padres. And then they couldn't get. They had to like negotiate with Padres back. So it's just a bad move. You don't you don't change your domain name or your Twitter handle without securing your asset. It's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> pretty funny. So I I would say this. I'm never gonna play Wardle or MLB Pickle. Uh, I wish you luck. And I couldn't care less about this. 
They quote, MLB Pickle is a terrific way for fans to learn more about players across the game. Our exciting partnership with MLB Play further demonstrates our goal to provide an entertaining product while also attempting to grow MLB fans' love for the game of baseball and its players. Why did you, you say twice? Played it twice. Oh, Patrick played it twice. Was it any good, Patrick? You can you can join us if you'd like. Come on. It, it was fun. I, I get it. <laughs> traitor. He's a traitor. Okay. I'm not going to play. I got I got other things to do. Sounds like a terrible idea. Uh, if it's a way to get people engaged in the game, I mean, whatever. It's Is it? It, I want, is it, what's the demographic? I'm gonna end up uh, now. I have to like download it to see what it's all about. No, you don't even have to. Da- oh, you're talking about downloading this, but if, you can play Wordle without downloading the app. Well, that's good. I don't. Wordle's, I, Wordle's, Wordle's catchy-ish. It's it, you play it for a minute and then you realize like it doesn't matter, and then you go, "Oh, I'm, I'm over it." I have a bit of contrarian in me, so if people are like all about it, I'm just gonna never do it. Yeah, if 90% of the world's doing it, it's probably wrong. Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't really seek out companionship through a internet game called Wordle. I just study like hitting video instead because I'm cool like that. Yeah, you're so cool. Oh my god. Next right. topic. Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson. Uh, can we say it was a Will Smith moment? Is that inappropriate? So no, apparently, canceled. apparently, there's a fantasy football issue. A lot of money on the line. Tommy Fan, fam, don't mess with his money, apparently. He's a high roller in Vegas because he told us. And something about stashing players on the bench that they were on the injured list or something. I, I haven't played fantasy football since like 2007. So, so I don't you, know have I, you have IR slots, right? You yeah, have... so you like stash them in the slot, but it was like, is, it, is this the like a sketchy behavior? No, because if the guy's ruled out for the week, you could usually put him on your IR. So because they get like a little red and white cross next to their name. So if he's following the rules of the league, what is there to be mad about? He got mad at the gift. Did you not see Jock's interview where okay, he looked well, like a homeless yeah, well, person? Well, so that was like the second version of press coverage. Yeah. So but, were they not telling the full story the first time? Was because it came out that he was like mad about the money and then now he's mad about the gif because like they're lifting weights in the Padres. Basically, he was like, in a way, complimenting them. It was like a backhanded compliment being like, you guys are good. You're just not performing. You're not winning. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tommy Pham gets mad about a lot of stuff. He It's his story background of like being kind of a hothead slash irrational slash whatever. And he he's slapped through, the guy in the face. He's been through some stuff. Tommy Pham's had uh, there's some. Yeah. He's didn't have the smoothest upbringing. And he talked uh, a lot of crap when he was in St. Louis, and it's worked out for him, and it's fine. And you know, I, look, if this happened 30 years ago, wouldn't even be a conversation. Granted, they probably wouldn't have been playing fantasy football, but um, probably not. <laughs> but. <laughs> But <laughs> the point is, like, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty brutal move to walk up to a guy and slap him in the face because of a group text. This is the problem with the world we live in. Like, you can misinterpret things written through your phone or through Twitter, and, and people are just, like, 
they're on the edge of their seat and they just want to jump off. They want to take the plunge. And it's just really easy to get to build animosity towards something and make it into more. Now, am I saying that this is what happened in this case? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, if you're playing fantasy football to begin with, let's pump the brakes on what the messages in the group are, especially Who's the commissioner? If, I want to know who the commissioner uh, of the league was, especially if they're coming from a dude that wears a pearl necklace. Like, you know, that dude don't take anything seriously. Like he don't take nothing seriously. Look at his yeah, blonde mustache right now and his haircut. What's, uh, like, come on, man. I want to know. I want to know the commissioner of the league's role is, is in all this. Who is the commissioner? No, the commissioner has the commissioner is just there to make sure the waiver wire transactions go through. Well, Not to monitor I mean, the group chat. It this seems seems like there should be some regulation. If the, if rules are broken, be mad. If you're mad because somebody's talking trash, like it's funny because it's true type situation. Because the Padres were a really really stacked team that weren't performing. Uh, here's a question: Would you want Tommy Pham in your fantasy football league? Dumb, Would you, dumb, do you, dumb, dumb, dumb. Do you want somebody I, that serious? Do you do you like serious sure, fantasy football I players? Man, I, who cares? He's, he's kind of a fantasy football hardo. Yeah, that's hardo is the right word here. I I think it's hardo is such ha- a good word. Too. I think it's good to have people that are engaged in the league. If you're going to play fantasy football, you need people that are engaged, right? That are going to interact. That there's there's going to be trades. People are trying to do stuff because ultimately it's a social event. Yeah. Yeah, and then as producer Patrick chimed in, he did leave the league in like week four. Yeah. So he's that concerned about what do you get somebody to buy out your team? What happens there? Which is what I, I don't even understand. If he's not getting but, invited back to the league next year. No. He's out. I'm all for some like He's not getting invited to anybody's league. He's gonna have to I think I'm so okay many. with the I'm okay with some drama. Like I like some animosity. But as long as like you know people are joking around. And then basically basically what it comes down to is Tommy Pham will address things with violence. That's what it comes down to, because he's like he he uh, there's uh there's code that he 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 violated code so he got he caught hands is basically what happened. Oh snap! You sound like you're you're you you know you know what goes down on the streets. Well, I saw the Twitter video. I saw him out in left field slapping him in the face. So I think that's a problem in the world. We see and know too much. I would rather not know anything. Like I would rather mute this whole situation in my life. That's good that we have a podcast talking about recent events and sports. No, but you think I can mute, mute all that? You think I can mute Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson, fantasy football, and slap in the face? Yeah, you go into your privacy settings. You say mute these words and just mute. But do I have to put mute? It, put it in quotes. Do, put it do in I have quotes. to mute Tommy slap Pham. in the face is now in and the going to get muted too? So nothing you but in to, and the. You're going to try it. You're going to have to try it. You're gonna have yeah, to see. I'm to mess around. Um, side note, Jock Peterson's crushing baseballs according to the link he hung out with barry bonds and then he turned into barry bonds yeah he hit three hummers in the, the short night term. He, in the night he talked to barry i want to talk to barry bonds even yep. i i would go play in a men's league that night just to see what would happen because i might hit three homers in the men's league game but if do I you think do you think he what do you think they talked about? Like riding no, I bikes? just think he seeped greatness into him. Like you just get that's that conversation where you get like, like so osmosis. excited. Like, what do you, you think got, he told him? What do you think he told him that was like that got him right? 
You probably okay. said swing down and try to hit a ground ball to shortstop. This is like the classic Steve Springer, like let's make a let's make a tape. Yeah. Because if I talked to Barry Bonds and I hit three homers, I would want to replay that conversation. In the, I would listen to it pre at bat in the dugout. But could I'd you ever recreate so the energy of that day? No, 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 dude. So th- I would these close my eyes. I would close my eyes. I would take deep breaths. I'd get into like a nice Zen mindset and body flow, and just take it in and just and just enjoy the words of bondsmanship. You you asked last night about Kyle I just made Lowry the word during the game. No, no, no. Yeah, good. That's good. It's like Jeterian, Jeterian, Jeterian. <laughs> you asked about Kyle Lowry last night, so I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to name drop. So Lowry and DeRozan used to come in our clubhouse pretty often. And he looks like a chubby Stroman. I'm not wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, that was like, there were like gifts made about that while Toronto were was they? happening. I didn't know that. Um, so the, f- the funny part is like different athletes would come in the clubhouse or whatever. And, and the, depending on who it was, they would have different effects on, on people. I mean, is it coinky dink? Probably that he hit three homers the night Barry came in, but I would say, if there was one person that you'd want to come in, be a really good hitter and to talk about hitting and then your energy level, you're, you're, you'd be in a different Zen flow state, as I like to call it for hitting on that evening. No, do you have any, what, like, uh, who was the best one? No, no, no. Mine got messed Snoop up. Dog. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so he, Roberto Almar come in all the time. But like Snoop Dogg was probably the coolest. Yeah, so that, that I lost my hitting streak that night. So here was the problem with this one. So it was Snoop, so Snoop Dogg, no hits in Snoop. Snoop Gretzky and and Marino. All, Snoop used up all his hits in the musical. Uh, your industry. your brain is like jambalaya right now. You're just saying words, <laughs> dude. I have the I, the COVID brain fog is the, so real. It's, so it's intense. Listen to my story. Marino, Gretzky, Snoop, all on the same night. And now you're like kind of excited because this is like touching three different sports, legends, or two different sports, and, you know, a legend in the rap game. So you're like, I kind of got to be here for this one. Like, I can't just go through my pregame routine and like miss this, you know? So I had an 18 game hitting streak going into that day. And the problem was these dudes rolled in at six like eleven, which six eleven. If anybody knows anything about my pregame routine, I've it's said like this shower time. Yeah, I've said no, not quite. I mean, it's, it's poop time. You do poop okay. first. So this yeah. is the six oh five, seven oh seven game, six oh five. No matter what, go to the stall. Doesn't even matter. Like you got to go. You don't got to go. No, you go try. Then like about six twenty. Rolling into the shower, shower up, 6.30, you're at your chair, getting dressed, go rub some hot stuff on your back, whatever. Mm-hmm. 6.42 to 6.45, I'm in the dugout. Uh, 6.47, you're on the line, right? 20 minutes before the game. So now they're telling me, like, these guys are coming in, like, right before the game. So you're like, what time are they coming in? I don't know. I can't be in the middle of putting Red Hot on my upper butt slash lower back while Snoop Dogg is coming in, right? Like, you can't be like, hey, Snoop, I'm just going to rub this stuff on my lower back and then shake his hand. I think think you just do what you got to do. But I understand where you're coming from. So I went early that night. I started doing everything early. And I actually have 
pictures with like Marino and Gretzky and stuff. And Gretzky, it was cool. Gretzky was like, I knew you were going to get your hitting streak the other day. So he, he watched, he knew. Because I, I had the walk-off hit against Houston to extend the hitting streak to 17 games. He's like, that's cool. And I was like, you're the great one, man. I just kept saying that. You're the great one. <laughs> you're the great one. And then, needless to say, oh for 3 that night. So it's Did messed up. No, I it just three at bats. It was one two to one game, one nothing. Three game. abs in a game, a big league game. That's yeah, I was hitting. I was hitting fifth, mm-hmm. and Edwin hit a bomb to win it in the night. What were we talking about? <laughs> How did we get there from Tommy Pham slapping Jock Peterson? Barry Barry Bonds in the clubhouse. Oh yeah. Next. Yeah. Barry Bonds would be a great guest. We should try to make that happen. <laughs> Patrick, get on it. Adley Rushman makes his debut. Had a pretty his cool debut. moment. His, he's D-butt. I want to ask you about your... I was there. Um, but it was a cool moment for Adley. He came out to home plate, and he kind of did like a 360 spin. Kind of just took it all in. He's like an uber prospect. So he's. It, this was like a known thing. Your rise to the major leagues was less assumed than Adley Rushman's, I would say. So, is it Rutschman? Rutschman? Rushman. 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 Uh, he's a stud. He should be in the big leagues for a long time. Uh, what was it like for you coming out, of the, coming out of the tunnel for the first time? Like, you must have been super delirious because you had a overnight yeah. fiasco Hadn't to get there to Atlanta. Hadn't slept. Delirious. Uh, it, so, I get very envious of of guys who get to do their debut under like normal circumstances where people seem like they actually care about how they perform. Mine was so weird because we were on a bus and I, I didn't get on the flight till six in the morning. We took just about every bit of that time to get back to Rochester. Didn't sleep at all. And then 1230 game, Hey, you're into the fire, which might be good. Might be bad. I don't know, but I was delirious. I just remember being, like adrenaline was the only thing that kept me awake. And then I ran out of that at some point cause we were getting molly whopped in the game. Um, yeah, it was weird. It was the day game. It was anticlimactic. It was on the road. Strange. I, it was a very strange day. I, I remember coming out to sit in the dugout and then coming out to talk to you guys. And, uh, that part was pretty cool, but you know, I wish it had happened under different circumstances, if that's fair. Because um, I think it really didn't allow me to even have a chance to focus on playing. It was more like, oh, yeah, just scramble through this and then let's move on. Like a, a night game would have been probably a better situation. Maybe one where I had slept in a bed. Just saying. Well, it took, yeah, I mean... A day game on a Sunday more a Sunday day game getaway day. I, I was the thing that kept going through my head is like how they have his jersey ready on time. They gotta have people overnight on call ready to go to make a jersey. Yeah. Just late night. It was a Wednesday day game, by the way. Stuff like that. It was a Wednesday. It's even worse. Yeah, in Atlanta, hundred and thirty two degrees. I just remember being on Twitter, uh What's his name? Got knee in the head. Ploof. Yeah, you were Trevor the one that Ploof. like you were like, hey. I kind of like, yeah, I kind of told Twitter. You were preemptive. I well, I was excited. 
Yeah, but doesn't that, you're the one that said Ploof got hit in the head. Just be ready. And I was like, what? Yeah, he got drilled in the head at second base. Hey, Trevor Ploof, you're active on social now. So what's up? Thanks for making Chris's dreams come true. It was awesome. He talks a lot of crap about me from what I've heard, by the way. Really? Yeah. I've heard from multiple sources. He talks crap he was about there. my situation. He was, yeah, he was there longer than you, but you were a better hitter. He was really good at pulling the ball. He had a very just if you threw a pitch inside, he had a chance. Mm-hmm. I remember Next. That. I was just flashing. I was flashing back to like spring trainings in in Fort Myers. Watching his him. moves weren't he, bad. He just pulled the ball too much. Not as much as Brian. They Archer. weren't synced. He like he did all of his upper body and he was still closed, and then he just yanked across. Yeah. Uh, expectations for rookie catchers versus other positions in terms of impact on a winning team. I think uh, you're playing for Baltimore, so it's tough. Um, but anytime, I'm I'm curious about they they just brought up a couple players in St. Louis that could have an impact. Nolan Gorman, former Ryan Bicandoa high school player. Yeah, he was killing it in AAA. Um, I haven't paid too much attention over the weekend. The last Went four for four with a pump the other day. Did he? Mm. Yeah. Well, he was he was. Uh, Hitting the ball quite well in AAA, got called up. So somebody like him can make an impact. It's a team that's that's already having success, and you plug in a, a better a, a, a upgrade. That's a good thing. And yeah, there's less pressure on him too because he doesn't have, he doesn't have to carry anything. And you know what's cool when you get called up and you get a regular number. It's great. He actually hit second the day he went four for four with a bomb too. He got number 16 and went four for four with a Jimmy. So, like, yeah, it's time. I watched him play in high school. I got to I got to see him out there, and I, Bick always would just point him out to me as he was making his meteoric rise from high school to the show. Um, he's a good hitter, man. He's, he can hit. Nah, Rutschman can hit. <laughs> like, he he's going to be fine for a long time, plays a premium position. What are the expectations? Just don't. You know, don't bonk. I don't like literally. Like, does it doesn't matter what you do? The same. I mean, Spencer Torkelson is bonk. Bonk. Don't bonk. Uh, bonk. Uh, Spencer it. Torkelson, Bobby Witt Jr. We've gotten to the point where prospects, that the high, the, the big time prospects, their their leash is infinite. They, hey man, just go ahead, and suck it up for as long as you you can, because now once we've started the clock, we're not, we're certainly not going to manipulate it. Um, Interesting well, enough, of, they're kind of in a position too where like going to AAA isn't going to make them a better big leaguer necessarily. Yeah. Part of long term plans. The Twins called up Royce Lewis the other day for like a week while Correa was out, and well, he's then back. Sent him back down, they brought him. And they, they brought him back, back up, up. but they stuck him in center field, and then he ran into the wall and hurt his knee again. I know. So That's not the good. the the challenge, like, hey kid, you're going to be in there every day. Don't worry about a thing. Just go out and play your ass off every night, and let's well, learn Lewis, as much as we can. That's Lewis what I would say to all. Lewis forced the hand, and then he got an opportunity because of the injury. So when Correa came back, it's it, I thought the, the Correa deal in Minnesota made so much sense because it, it bought time for Lewis for a one-year development. There's a lot of talk about the COVID year and how guys just didn't play for a year, and people are trying to blame lack of development on that. I don't, I don't know if I buy it, but. Um, Lewis was crushing it. He got an opportunity to come up. He played probably better than they were hoping. And then it's like, well, maybe he deserved to be here. 
and he forced his way into the lineup, which goes to him. Yeah. It, it's a little different situation than Rushman and Torkelson and Witt and the other guys that have – like you'll notice more guys are – like they'll make the team out of camp, right, than – then I guess traditionally, like guys that you're trying to not start a clock on, because now, you know, I guess Detroit thought they were going to be competitive, and Torque's hitting about a buck seventy, I think, right now. He's blacked out. There's a lot of guys hitting a buck seventy right now. Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, what's really funny about this. <laughs> it's it's funny to bring this up. So I was reading an article last night about Jerks and Profar, and I was talking about his hot and cold, like how he's gone back and forth. Um, you know, had these, like, kind of good year, bad year, or whatever, and it started after, like, this kind of shitty start to his career or whatever. And I was waiting to see, because I, I didn't really know how he was doing, because who cares? Um, so I'm reading the article, and they're like, oh, and now, just as you'd expected, he's back on track having another good year. And I'm, like, ready to look at his numbers and be like, 280, 12, He's hitting 222, 300, 441, or 471, something like that, with like seven bombs. And they're calling that a good year because his weighted RC plus is a 112, I think, which is 12 points above league average. So did you ever think you'd see a day in your life where somebody's line could say 222, 300, 471 and be like, man, he's having a good year? That's strange. It's strange. Uh, I don't understand baseball st- statistics sometimes at all. Uh, yeah, if you're hitting a buck eighty, you're, you're like, okay, I'm chilling. If I get it up to two twenty, I'm good. Is that like I would be su- Bobby? When I was hitting two fifty, I was suicidal, borderline. Two fifty, like if I was hitting two fifty, I thought I was the worst player on the planet. I'm gonna give you a list of players, qualifying players under. 200. Max Muncy, injury, he's hitting 150. Trent Grisham, never a high average guy, but he's hitting 164. Let's do 45 games. He has Monty Grandal. He likes to walk, but he's walking 13.3% of the time. He's hitting 169. Jonathan Scope, 173. Spencer Torkelson, 176. Kyle Schwarber, 181. Adam Duval, 188. Uh, Candelario, from Detroit. Heimer, Heimer, yeah. Heimer Candelario, 191. Javier Baez, 194. Christian Walker, 195. Fran Mill Reyes, 195. Marcus Simeon, 196. Robbie Grossman, 199. And you forgot. Not, not Joey good. Gallo. Listen, not good that there's five players from Detroit hitting under 200. Yeah, that's tough. They they got upset that Robbie Grossman had to pull himself out of lineup yesterday. They're like, oh man, Grossman's back. Like, in the history of mediocre players, Robbie is right up there, and good for him that combined he's their, into a nice career. Their WRC plus combined under a hundred is it's none of those players. The only one that's close. No wait, I'm sorry. Four. We got 44, 80, 70, 57, 71. Yeah, they gave That's... Jonathan Scope a multi-year deal after five years of being atrocious and then having a decent <laughs> year. Um, you know, dude, come on, like let's. Their teams, they just don't have good players, Bobby. Like if they don't, if they it's had tough. good play, listen, let me tell you something. People want to talk about how hard hitting is. 
Taylor Scope's Ward's been a hit. decent player. Scope's been a decent player for. He had four years at the end of that like Baltimore run slash where he was brutal, brutal. He had like he had, he had two seventy eight with twenty two and last year, and that's it. Go look he at the had, three years before he had, that. He had two seventy eight with eight. On that the was the COVID year. year. I don't even count that one. Two fifty six with twenty three. Yeah. In nineteen, eighteen is with two teams. Two thirty three with twenty one. Two ninety three yeah, with thirty two. 293 with 32. 293 with 32 was a good year. And 105 that was just, RBI. Yeah. 267 with 25 as a 24 year old. That's not a bad year. 279 with 15 as a 23 year old. That's not a bad year. The he's 295 okay. was the only good year. He's, he's just a okay. whatever player. He's a, I like him. I like Jonathan. He's a good, he's a good kid. It, he's, not he's a, a 260 with, yeah. He's a 260 with 20 homers guy. That's that's not. A, he's a I would say pretty average major league player. Like. Yeah. He's not brutal. He's not I, brutal. He had a couple bad years, and then he got a multi-year deal. Like, if you think you're going to give a multi-year deal to Jonathan Scope and change the tide of what's happening in Detroit, you're out of your mind. Well, that yeah, that's not going to happen. Exactly. He got two and 15. That's not crazy. It's a multi-year deal. That's more than one. Multi is more than one. Seven and a half average. Matters. Anyway. That was, a, that was our deep dive into Jonathan Scope. Anyway. The the league, like, I hate that people say, oh, hitting's too hard. Because Rafael Devers is hitting a billion. J.D. Martinez is hitting a billion. Xander Bogrates is hitting a billion. Taylor Ward's hitting a billion. So stop telling me that all the pitchers are so nasty. And, like, guys are actively choosing to not be good hitters. By the way, oh, interesting tidbit about the three guys I just mentioned. Guess what? They all use the whole field. Like, weird. That's weird to use a big part of the field, and they're hitting 370. Because if guys would just start to think about trying to hit instead of trying to just be, oh, no, I'm one-dimensional. This is what I'm going to do because as long as I try to hit it hard and then I walk, I'm fine. You know? It's it's such it's – it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I hate it. Guys hitting uh, a buck 80 and we're justifying that they're playing good. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Like, What? Hitting 186, but oh yeah, his war is good. Like what? Like what are we talking about? Go sit in the end of the dugout, put a dunce cap on, and shut the hell up. Like just be thankful that you're still collecting a big, big league paycheck. You're hitting 186 in at the end of May. The end of May for the second straight year. Like I get it. You went on a shitty stretch. Okay, cool. Like you need to be grinding, dog. You need to be in the cage. You need to be working through it. These dudes are hitting 186 and they're chilling. Chilling. I hope they're not chilling. No, no, no. There's optionable players who are hitting 170 and aren't worried about getting sent down. And I'm not going to name names. I just took a sip of my tea right there. Kermit Frog, Kermit the Frog style. <laughs> All right. Speaking of weird uh, statistical ongoings, <clears throat> White Sox have a kind of a strange year, I would say. Uh, they went so the the stats here last year they were fourth in walks and they were eh defensively that's what the, I'm quoting the tweet right there they're currently last in walks and defense um they're not catching the ball they're swinging at everything how's the team go from projected to be pretty good and now it, they just seem like uh, loose inconsistent. So, 
let's just call a spade a spade. You I have thought two. the defense thing was weird there. The defensive from 21st to 30th isn't a stretch. You have a good shortstop. You have a good first baseman. And you have two pretty decent outfielders that keep getting hurt. But both, yeah, a lot of people get hurt. Both are threats to swing and miss a ton. Jimenez is obviously taking the leap to be like the guy that everybody wants him to be, but he's out. Uh, Robert is he's still he like he reminds me of like a way better version of Miguel Sano, meaning like he might swing at the rosin bag if you throw it up to home plate. So if you throw it over, he's going to be really good. If you don't, like he won't. So just maybe don't throw it over to him. So really, we're talking about having two good players. Like, people can talk about Grandall and say he's a good catcher, but he hits a buck sixty. Like, that's not a good player. Moncada looks like, you know, my neighbor up at bat right now. Like he he literally, I watched him having at bat the other day, and he was missing the ball by a foot. Um, how does it happen? As soon as the wheels start going a certain direction. It's hard to stop him. Like, there's nobody, like, there's no end to the rabbit hole in baseball. Like, that's the thing people don't understand. Just because, like, you've been good in the past doesn't mean that you could stop the toilet from flushing. Like, it's like the, the one that just keeps going down and down and down. Because once you start the downward spiral, there has to be something that, that helps you flick the switch, right? There has to be somebody. There has to be a group of people. And clearly they don't have that because they're more worried about, the whole Donaldson situation, which, like, are we worried about playing baseball or are we worried about the other crap? And it's maybe it's not fair to, to say that, but, like, if you're a good team in the big leagues or projected to be a good team, that means you're supposed to have horses. Well, you better go figure out how to win, you know, because if not, people's heads are going to roll. Speaking of figuring things out, the Red Sox offense has figured out how to hit and score runs. Uh, Trevor Story is the biggest, obviously, uh, turnaround, I guess, where you mentioned J.D., Endeavors, and Bograts. Is that what you call them? Yeah, Alexander Bograts. Uh, they've been great all year. <clears throat> Lineup-wise, they had just holes. It's like They had three guys that were hitting and nobody else was hitting. Wow. Exactly. Then you get a guy like Trevor Story who goes, hey, I'm just going to start hitting a homer every single night. That should help everybody relax a little bit. And it did. It's it's crazy how the turnaround of one player can help everybody else just go, okay. Well, okay. they needed they – needed... Let's relax a little bit. And, like, Trevor's going to hit – Trevor, we're going to score some runs because Trevor's in the lineup and he's going to hit a homer. Yeah. So, hey, let's get on base for him. That will be more fun. And then, like, there's more high fives. And they're coming in. They a couple years ago, I remember. I think it was like it was early in Mike Trout's career, and they were asking what it was like his influence on the team. And it was they, they kept saying every time he's coming to the dugout, you're giving him a high five. Like he's always doing good things, and it's infectious because he's creating energy, and it's always positive. And he's like scoring runs and getting hits and stealing bases, and like it's just awesome to be around and witness. And when you get one guy. I said when, when you guys got Tulo in Toronto, how he changed the whole dynamic because he solidified the defense, he gave you guys a more consistent at-bat, and then the pitching relaxed, and the pitching relaxed got better and made the defense better. The defense got better, it was easier to score runs because they were going to stand up. And it's just like this, the snowball starts rolling and good things happen. Yeah, that's a very well said, young man. And by young man, I mean middle-aged man. Yeah, I'm older than you. Um, no, he's, you're right. 
you're spot on with all of it. And, and, and look, I would say for Boston, the franchise, Cordero, came up from Potticate slash Worcester. The franchise. Look, look, this guy is the truth, bro. Like, if th- this, is, this is like Lewis Robert 2.0. If we can get him to swing at strikes and not swing at not strikes – He's dangerous, man, and uh, you know, intimately familiar with it. Obviously, with the the Worcester Red Sox being right down the street, I'd seen him play, saw the work he was putting in. Um, our guest, Rich Gedman, is uh, I talk about Franchi a lot with him, uh, and also our guest Pete Fatsy, I talk about Franchi a lot with him, and uh, he's really, really turned the corner, and that's just goes to show you what a difference it can make if you start to understand who you are and what you need to really accomplish and how you can get better because this dude's chase rate is like now almost non-existent compared to what it was his swing and miss rate was through the roof like but you can see that there's sustainable traits because he's actually changed the way he goes about swinging and the way he thinks about hitting and kudos to him because you have to go play that chess game and so that's another piece for them. And then to your point, Bobby, all of a sudden now other guys hit. The Red Sox needed Story or Hernandez to go at one point, right? Like you need one of those two to be going. And Hernandez didn't go and Story didn't go. And then it was like, oh, crap, all this pressure on the bottom of the lineup. And then you got Vasquez, Dahlbeck, uh, Arroyo, Jackie, like who are not good hitters so the problem was none of when them did were Vasquez, hitting Vasquez is hitting 302 right now he's had a great man yeah they said I was reading a thing saying he uh it's been under the radar for me but, but look at look at his May his May is really impressive really impressive uh, I like looking up stats in the MLB app because they give you the 7 15 and 30 day splits yeah so yeah his last 15 is at 412 he's it says uh I was reading a the thing they gave um awards for the month of may and he got american league catcher so but to your point guess what happens when everybody relaxes oh let's have fun and play baseball and now we're 500 you go from you go from being stressed going to the field to having fun they were forward to getting in the field they were like eight there were nine games under and having conversations hey just keep going stay the course it'll come it'll come it'll come and the media, oh, they're the worst team. <laughs> Typical stuff. And then, bam! And I called the two, sweep. They're still two games under. They're, they're 10 games back from the Yankees. But I called the if sweep the Yankees keep going, If the Yankees keep going, then they're just that good, and you're not going to catch them anyway. But it doesn't matter. But, you get six teams in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Six get in. Right. So if you, win, if you win 90, you're in. Like, you just get to 90. You're going to get in the playoffs. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be stuff. There's going to be things that happen. And and let me tell you something about Boston. Their starting pitching is electric, like which is what you need to win. Sustainable, long-term starting pitching. Their, their, their starting rotation, you get Sale back if he ever comes back. You have all these really good. Rich Hill's a bona fide starter. Michael Walker's a bona fide starter. They're all really, really solid veteran pitchers that know how to pitch. That, and... I, maybe electric was the wrong word. I'm sorry, but it's it's very very good starting pitching from the sense Are you a of Red like Sox understanding. Fan? I'm a Pete Fatsy Rich Gedman fan. Okay. 
Anybody that's a guest on my show, I'll be a fan. So like, yeah, I'm a Brett Phillips fan. It's like, it's easy to root for people when you have a relationship with them. Exactly. So now, if if I have to vest in anything in baseball, I might as well vest in my friend who's the hitting coach in Boston. So I don't care if the Red Sox win. I shouldn't say that out loud, but I care for my friend that his job looks good because I know how May, much time May was better than April. That's for sure. Hell yeah. Stayed the course, bro. Sweep the Mariners. I told them they were going to sweep the Mariners, and they did. Whoops. I feel like the Mariners keep trying to be good, and they just don't get there. They're just not. They're just not. Yeah. All right. Amateur baseball talk. We talked about a little bit about the college stuff. We can get into it a little bit more. Uh, just sad. Tommy Tanks, new NCAA freshman Record holder for homers. Not going to be in the college baseball playoffs. Uh, did Auburn make it? I don't know if they made it. Yeah, Auburn's hosting. Auburn's – they can't be hosting. They're hosting. They're, they're a regional site. They're a top 16 team? Yeah. Really? Well, then that means we get to see Sonny D. At least we get to see one of the the Bash brothers of college baseball. The big, bad Can you imagine if they were on the same brothers. team? That'd, That'd be, be cool. epic. Epic. Yeah. So Sonny like D had a huge homer in the playoffs, and then they lost anyway. I don't. Yeah. Is Auburn hosting? I'm gonna do a quick, quick Google search here. NCAA bracket. I didn't think. I'm gonna do a search Auburn. Auburn. Where are you, Auburn? They're 14. They are hosting. Wow. Did you think I was lying to you when I said it out loud? I waited I for you to do were... your I wait I waited for you to do your nonsense. Do you think I was lying? Did I you think, think I was lying? Were... I, I want to know. I did you think I was lying? You think I, was... I just made that shit up? I was surprised. I didn't think they were that good this year. You drive me crazy sometimes. Like why do you think I said it? You know how closely I follow college baseball. Did you think I made that? Do you think I invented that? They were 16 and 13 in the conference. I guess it's a good conference, but interesting. Well, Sonny D, let's go. I'm going to have to try to get down to uh, Texas is uh, hosting as a nine seed. A couple good teams coming in, too. Air Force came in and took it to them. Louisiana Tech is good. DBU always hits. Interesting. I haven't had a chance to go through the whole bracket yet. How does know. Rutgers not get in the tournament? Yeah, I was going to say, all I know is Rutgers should be in the tournament. How did they not get in the tournament? 45 wins is tough. How do you look at that and go, oh, yeah, we're not going to let this team in? I mean, they made quick work of – and you know what's you know what's messed up about this? Because we were talking about this yesterday. The, the old double elimination tournament that isn't a double elimination tournament, right? Like, because mm-hmm. – you sit there and you go, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're 3-0 and going to the finals, but now it's just a one-game championship. And the other team plays with one loss and they beat you. It's I hate that format because it, it, it's like teed up to lose. And not to mention, they finished their game on Saturday, Sunday morning at 3 a.m. They finished the game at 3 a.m. First pitch was at 11.55 p.m. And there was a 148 rain delay or lightning delay. 
So I now you put them in you a. You either have to go. You either have to go single elimination across the board, or you have to go double elimination. You can't have a team, two teams with one loss, at the end. If it's the double, if exactly, if there's a losers bracket, you, you can't should, have one team. You should, if both teams are undefeated, it could be a one game championship. If that. both teams have one loss, it's a one game championship. If one of them has none, they need to get beat twice. I'm, it's it's messed up, dude. Because it's because so hard. That to beat cost somebody that twice. cost them that in in theory that costs them the NCAA's a 45 win team, school record for wins, school record for homers, like. Not They've in the got, slouch conference. Dude, the they conference are bashers. They're bashers. Their lineup is gritty. It's, I, like, I watch these guys play all year, and I, I think feel... that stinks, too. That stinks because if if they lost to Maryland in the championship, they'd be gone. It's, it's the, a, it's Maryland's a hosting, and they they lost, they got knocked out of the Big Ten tournament after three games. But like, they were both nine. competing... I know, but they were both competing for the Big Ten championship. You can't like it came down to the last game of the year. You can't sit here and tell me that Maryland should host and Rutgers isn't it. Like it's it's a it's a bad it's a bad look. And look, I know team I know people have to somebody's gotta knock it in, but you can't you can't avoid that. You can't take them out of the tournament. That's garbage. You win forty five games, you don't get in. Like what are we doing? It's bad. It's bad. Uh, I saw a tweet that they're one of the last four out. I mean, which... they're one out. They're the first one out. There's like they have to be the first team out because there's nobody else. You know, Alabama was sneaky, like you know, winning two games in the SEC tournament. Um, Kentucky passed them in the RPI when they won. Look, there's too much emphasis on the RPI to begin Did with. Alabama get in? No, Alabama. Kentucky, like if Alabama won one more game in the in the SEC tournament, they would have. But then you had to look at like the CAA. Uh, Hofstra won the CAA instead of College of Charleston, um, but College of Charleston didn't get in. Like they thought there was a chance College of Charleston would get in with thirty-seven. It's, like the, the teams that went and won their conferences that like, and I have to go look at who would have gotten at large and who wouldn't have. But I, it's egregious that the Big Ten only got two teams. Um, and one of them is hosting, and the team that was literally right there, step for step with them the whole year, didn't didn't get in the tournament. And early in the year, Nash, the national media did not take them seriously because they said they're they're non conference schedule. They opened with Houston Baptist. Um, that like instead of you could yeah you could go down and play LSU in week one or and and go down and play Texas week two, but. It's garbage, man. You don't win like that. That offense was electric. They scored the most runs in the country. They scored the most runs in the country. I mean, it's it's a shame that nobody's going to get to watch them hit because they were they were they were capable of going to a College World Series. And it's it's a shame that you're, we're talking about a team that's getting left out of the tournament. It was had the chance to go to College World Series. There's plenty of teams that have no chance. Yeah, mostly mid major. Conference championship winners. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, like, but they've earned if, the right to be there. Yeah. Yeah. The Hofstra Hofstra getting in was probably the biggest dagger. I but I Were don't there any other major upsets conference wise. Uh, I, like I said, I have to go look at it. Like you just Michigan winning the Big Ten was a problem. 
Michigan yeah. winning the Big Ten was a problem because they wouldn't have got in otherwise, right? Like, and if Michigan doesn't win that conference tournament, and even if Maryland wins the conference tournament, like Rutgers gets in because Michigan doesn't. You know what I'm saying? That was the biggest. That was the biggest problem was Michigan winning, even though they played great at the end of the year. They took two out of three from Rutgers in the last series. Literally, Rutgers could have won the Big Ten regular season. And Maryland would have still hosted. And Rutgers isn't getting in. It came down the last day of the year. You're playing for the Big Ten. It's I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, side note, you said where you were going. I'm going to go watch the Division II College World Series because I'm a D2 guy. And uh, nephew, in. Have you, Let's go. Have you ever been there? Have you ever, ever been to Cary? No. Let's be exciting. I coached a tournament there. Uh it's a long time ago now, probably 12 years ago. The yeah. complex then was amazing. It's probably better now. What do you want stadium, me to do for Pelotero while we're there? Just wear some gear, do some interviews. Yeah. Scotty's going to be there. Southern Hampshire's there. Yeah. Um, I, I'll have to check. You should You should do interviews. You should bring the, bring the mics, do some interviews with uh, – definitely you got to get this down with Scotty yeah. for sure. Um, I don't know who else is going though. I'll talk to, to the USA Baseball there. people while I'm there because I I was a almost a member of USA Baseball. It's a it's a cool complex. The, when I was there, it was like the stadium field. You walk in, there's like a nice gate. There's a there's a big hill in left field, so it's like a kind of a sunken field. You walk past like the stadium seating, and then there's two other fields in the back. There's probably more now. I haven't I haven't looked at like a satellite or anything. It's a really nice complex, just well laid out. Um, I mean, it's USA baseball. It should better be nice. Yeah. Better be, uh, yeah. T Tommy white appreciation. I just, I feel like we need to talk about that just a little bit more freshman record for homers coming out of the gates, hot, a lot of opportunity to have the wind come out of your sails. And he just kept going, kept going, kept going, had a good year, really good year. Um, I think he hit three homers in the game. They're all oppo. That's nasty. He's a stud, cool. man. Treza predicted I mean, 45 homers. <laughs> as a freshman? Yeah, but he, he looks like... He, homer. But he looks like a senior. There is a... Uh, there is a... In the, the pro, the MLB, MILB Facebook group, somebody was like, this dude looks like he's 36 with a mortgage and a, and a divorce. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... I mean, he's got a better beard than I do. I'm 38 years way old. Better. And way way better. better beard. Not that I can grow a good beard, but I mean... Way better beard. I was a, ch I mean, when I was a freshman, I was a child. I was not physically developed at all. Still not physically developed. So maybe that's just maybe that's neutral. your thing. That's just neutral for me. Um, and then Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones, he uh, shared his stats for the year. Quote for the culture. I don't know if I know what that means. Is that like a cool kid thing to do? I have no idea. Hit 570 with seven doubles, three triples, 13 homers. It's pretty good. Stole 32 is bases. The so, wait a minute. I, he's really good. Let's Drew Jones probably 1-1. I don't know what year. for the culture means. Is that like... No, no, no. Is Drew Jones 1-1? One, he's going to be 1-1, one, one, right? He's going to be up there. I don't know if he's going to be 1-1. One, one, but he's so, going to be there. Yeah, the whole for the culture thing. Basically, the implication is we live in a look-at-me society. Like, hey, make sure you let everybody know how good you are. 
Is that it? I don't know. I hate it. I can't stand it. I love Drew Jones. I love Drew Jones, but I can't. And I'm, I actually appreciate, I respect I think, that he wrote it the way he did. I think for like everybody that kept saying overrated the entire year, like every, there was a lot. I don't know if it was his one video that kept popping up or if it was multiple times where people were chanting overrated. Is this his way of being like, wrong? You were wrong. I am not overrated. I'm adequately rated. I smash. He was ten, also ten and one on the mound. I don't know if I said that. He uh, he struck out nine times, which seems high for somebody that smashed like this. Sixty-five hits. I love runs. that he wrote that for the culture. I'm more, much more concerned of what for the culture is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quick search for the culture. Is that like a TikTok thing? We want it for the culture, man. Emirates. No, I think he Emirates. was like, oh, everybody else posts their stats. Look at how nasty I am compared to you suck bags, basically. Who are, oh, dude, look at my stats from the Picos California Penal no, Valley League. This is a thing. Because uh, Max Homa, the golfer, said, played my last two holes and three over to start the tourney with back-to-back, one under par 69s. I do it for the culture. This is a thing. I don't understand it, but for the culture is a thing, and we probably sound really old right now talking about it. I think I sound the opposite of old. I feel I, old. I definitely don't. I'm the opposite. I'm twice as old. The only as thing old about me is this patch of gray right here in this in this beard, bruh. Because I say bruh. If you say bruh, you can't be old. Uh, I don't know about that. I'll post my stats for the culture. I don't know. Patrick, you got any insight for us on this? Not seeing that on Instagram or anything? That's not hot in the streets? I think it will be now. For the culture. I need to talk, go talk to some high school kids, figure out what this means. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's for, Please say you said it's for the culture. Yeah, great. That's not helpful. You can't... You can't use the word in the definition of the word. It doesn't work like that. I guess you just did, though. It's like uh, uh, on the $100,000 pyramid. Like, you can't you can't say the thing to describe the thing. Yeah. All right. Hey. Last topic. Post-show, Celtics are going to the playoffs. Uh, the, the finals, they're, they won the Eastern Conference. They're going to play the Warriors and Steph, Chef, Curry, and Thompson and Draymond Green. Chris is excited. Go ahead, talk so you're on the video. Go ahead. Let's go. Let's go. You're definitely a Celtics fan. I'm the only two teams I care about are the Celtics and the team Tom Brady plays for. That's it. I don't care about nobody else. You ask me if I'm a Red Sox fan, I don't care. I just care about the Celtics. I love basketball. I love basketball. I dude. I, I had a they good were the better team. I had a good text to you, you, both of you last night. I said the Celtics offense is either Tatum or Brown. They just like they take the ball like a basketball, like a football, and they attack the lane, and then they just check it up for a foul. You know my favorite. No, my favorite part about last night about what they did offensively is they've been getting pillaged going into the lane, both of them. Like that's why they were turning the ball over so much because those the Miami defenders were like leeches. But what they realized is that if they gave the hard jab steps to the middle and then pulled back, then instead of the help coming from the from the other side, 
they would spread back out and then they could go. So they, they, there were a lot of hesitation steps going into lane, which was really cool. The Celtics were just the better team. What's annoying me quite a bit right now is that the Heat are getting so much credit for being like first loser in the Eastern Conference. And Patrick just said the most mature offensive game of Jalen's career. And I couldn't agree more. Like he... He was very until until he tried to go to the lane and then elbowed out of bio on the face, which shouldn't be an offensive foul. But um, the the thing that's pissing me off is like, oh, look at what Jimmy did. Look how good the Heat played because they were so much worse team. Blah blah blah. Like no no no. Celtics took like the Celtics won. They were the like, one they seed. Put, the they, Heat was the one seed. Exactly. Like that's what I've never seen a team that was higher rated get more love for losing. And Jimmy played his butt off. Until it came to be crunch time last night in the fourth quarter, he like almost vanished until like they went on that little run because the Celtics like stopped playing. The Celtics had their first youth moment in the last like two minutes. They're like, "Oh my god, we don't know how to close," and they've they've been so good at answering the bell at every turn this year. I'm super impressed with this team until like the last minute, and Marcus thought he was like Steph for a minute when he was just firing balls up. A there little was that bit one con- position where he missed two threes from the same spot. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, like "Oh, I'm definitely going to make one." Give it to Brown or give it to Tatum. Don't shoot. Like literally, the only two people responsible for shooting in that moment were those it, two. Or, or the- Al, Big Al, he's fast. I didn't think he was fast. He would get out on breaks and just <laughs> Al booking it down the court. Al's my favorite player. He looks Other slow, and he's Pritchard. really fast. Because Al is the he's ultimate. So fast. He's playing. He's playing a very similar role to KG in when their last championship team in terms of being like the veteran presence and the guy that's just doing everything on the defensive end. And then like offensively, it, it almost doesn't matter what he gives you, but there's going to be a bucket in there that you're like, dude, this is nasty. And then ugly randomly shot from ugly shot from three, but it, it kind of goes in sometimes. No, he shot the ball. Great man. In the series, except what's game the, six. Uh... What's the the matchup with the Warriors gonna be like? So the Warriors, I've I've enjoyed watching the Warriors for multiple years now. Like West Coast team, they're on late at night. If I'm doing work late, that would be a team. If I saw the Warriors were on, I would put them on. The I Celtics, just like the ball movement. I like their shooting. Steph, the Celtics have the only Steph's over the, Steph's a little over the top, but I like them. No, he's not over the top. He's in tr- tremendous. The the Celtics have the only winning record against Golden State out of like teams in the last seven years they match but up really well match. with golden state they match up really really well tatum and brown they, are tall they're the, big exactly so the the key is to get physical patrick brought up last night like golden state's rested honestly i think it's at the point where you know they're don't they play, dis, every, other, dis, they, don't they play yeah. every other day now so and this no 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 they're, so they're gonna play thursday sunday so like there, there might have two days between games, but it should be. Yeah, so really. rest isn't going to be an issue. Well, and having three days between the finals or the Eastern Conference finals and and the finals, like everybody's banged so, up. Yeah, rest the, is it's the key to the the key to the series is probably going to be how good the bench can play. In my opinion, like the guys like Derek White and Peyton Pritchard are going to have a, they're going to get minutes. I think because. Like Golden State defends, but they don't they don't defend with size the way I think Milwaukee and and Miami did like with physicality. So they're, if, it's going to come down to 
shooting, and both teams can shoot and both teams can defend. Um, Rob ha- Rob's health is really important because like he's such a clogger in the middle, dude. Like he he's and he can close out on shooters. Like you saw, Horford and Williams probably had ten blocks on shoot closing out on shooters in the Heat series, which I mean were pretty impressive. Like and and if you have that that body there, if you got to roll Tice out there more. It, it, it's probably going to be a less physical series in terms of like Golden State bringing physicality. So Tice probably has a role in the series, but it'll be interesting. I, 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 Celtics are ready to win, man. It's just Golden State's good. So it'll be interesting. It's pretty pretty big gauntlet to go through, dude. Like, you know, Stephen A. or somebody said it last night. This would be the most incredible individual performance to run through KD to run through Giannis, to run through Butler in the heat, and then to run through Golden State. You know. So, yeah, heat offense is a good primer, said uh, said uh, one young producer, and he's right. He's, he's absolutely right. I think it was it, this was a really good test. I think Miami plays more physical with not as good as shooters, um, which is why these scores could get interesting. Like, if it, the first two games could end up 30 points one direction or the other. You know, it could be similar to like games, I think, what was it, games two and three or whatever it was where it ended 20, could have been 20 points in either direction. And it's coast to coast too. That's going to be a lot of travel. Yeah, that's why they're, they're more, I think they have two days between the first game and then I think it'll be Wednesday again. So it'll be two days between again. I haven't looked at the full schedule, but. Celts in the cha- in the ship. That's all I cared about. I, if they lose, they lose. Like I, I just wanted them to play so I could watch the NBA for another week because I wouldn't have watched it, Miami. I hate watching Miami. I can't stand them. They're they're annoying, which is probably what makes them good. Well, go set go seize. Yeah. Any other news? Any other post show? I don't know. Golf, they had a major last week. We didn't talk about it. Justin Thomas won, but this week was slow. Um, I don't think there's any major baseball stories that we didn't hit. I think that's it. Donaldson, TA, but that's over. That's played out. Yeah. We've had a lot of uh, side chatter about that with group chat, group text and whatnot. Um, I'll say... I think JD knew exactly what he was doing. Without a doubt. I don't think it was, I don't think it was, I don't, I think it was more to get under his skin. I don't think it was a racist thing for him, but it was more like he's calculating what he says. He says it was 0% racist. It was 100% make sure you get under his skin. That's what he does. I mean, that's what he does, man. He didn't say stuff without intent. Yeah. It's on purpose. And it, the purpose was not racism. Yeah. It's just he had to happen to use a uh, racially charged element. No, something that could be interpreted as racism if you really went yeah. down a path, you know? Like, it, if Tim didn't take offense to it, like, this is the non-issue. Tim's a very animated character. The part, the, the weirdest part about the whole thing was, do I think it's a joke? Do you think it's a joke? I, 
like Tim saying he's not engaging with it or he's it's not he's not about that and then JD still going with it. He I I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing from an intent standpoint to get under his skin. The thing blew out of proportion when Grandal got in Donaldson's face, by the way. Let's just be clear. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out when he gets back in the lineup from his inflamed shoulder slash COVID slash suspension slash take a break. Anyway. Do it. Pickle, pickle out. That, come on. You gotta, I mean, pickle out! Man.